You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hello everyone, it's Connie and welcome back to another episode of Awaken Radio. It has been a couple of weeks since I've been on this space with you. I've missed you guys and I've missed this conversation because I absolutely love uh, the chats I get to have on this show and the people I get to talk to. It's pretty, pretty special. Now today's episode, uh, like all of them, is is going to be beautiful and inspiring and incredible. It's a conversation on inner guidance and uh, hopefully for those of you who aren't even really familiar with your inner guidance or what it looks or feels like, um, I hope this conversation today will help clarify that for you because when you live with inner guidance, you start to understand that you can find all of the answers and support that you're seeking within you through this beautiful inner voice and uh, you don't have to rely so much on the world around you. So I hope this conversation today will really support you with that. So to introduce my guest today, I'm chatting with Rebecca Campbell and she is a soulful writer and intuitive creative catalyst who brings light to everything she does, whether it's through her writing, teaching, one-on-one intuitive coaching sessions, business consulting or creations, Rebecca enlightens every situation. An award-winning advertising creative director at a Fortune 500 holding company, Rebecca left her six-figure salary dream job to follow her true soul's yearning, helping people connect to their own authentic inner light and calling. 50% of the lady power behind the Spirited Project, she brings together the world of business, creativity, and spirituality, and packages it up with a whole lot of beauty. A gypsy spirit in her 20s, Rebecca was lucky enough to create and blog her way around the world as the Skype nomad, sharing her adventures in her regular column in the Daily Telegraph. She also spent a year of her life painting and creating her way around the world for the Let's Color Project. Originally from the sunny shores of Sydney, Rebecca currently lives, in ha- currently lives happily in London with her partner and is busy putting the finishing touches of her new book out later this year. So she is dialing in from London today and I can see that she's on the line. So I'm going to bring her on so that we can dive into our beautiful chat today. Hi, Rebecca. Can you hear me? I can. Hi, Connie. It's so great to speak to you. I know. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Awesome. So I was um I was saying before I brought you on the line, I was just giving people a little um from my perspective, a little idea of why I feel inner guidance is so powerful. You know, that's the concept we're gonna be chatting about today. I'm sure it will we'll dive off into lots of little subcategories of that as well. But um if I, I absolutely love living uh, in line with my inner guidance and really following that voice. And I think for a lot of people, um, some people may have a really good relationship with it. Some people may have no idea what I'm even talking about. Um, so from your experience and your perspective, how how do you define and describe inner guidance? I mean, I think it's a very personal thing, but I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, sure. So I think, I mean, inner guidance, like you say, it's such a whopping meaty topic (laughs) Mm. Um, but I think um, for me what inner guidance means is um, choosing to go in for answers rather than 
look outside yourself. So it's about coming home to yourself and actually trusting that you have everything within you. You've got an inner guidance system, which Mm -hmm. actually um, there's a really, I call it sometimes it's like your inner guru or your wise woman. There is a part of you that actually um, knows more than your mind could possibly um, think up itself. And um, for me, um, ever since I've committed to really trusting that inner guidance. And so I think everyone, in other words, the inner guidance is intuition. And intuition, um, everyone is intuitive. Everyone has the ability to be intuitive. I I really believe this. And I think this is where some people get um, tripped up because this sort of intuition, it's like, oh, I'm not intuitive. That person's intuitive. It's similar to creativity, right? Um, We're actually, I really believe that we all are intuitive and we all have a very, very strong inner guidance system within us. Um, The choice comes when it's like actually listening to what that inner guidance says and then actually acting on it. That takes courage sometimes because often your inner guidance might not make rational sense. But the Mm -hmm. moment that we kind of pause and not act on that intuition is is when, um, you know, it might be a week later or six months later or even a day later and you're like, oh, I knew that. And so (laughs) it's kind of like avoiding those moments. I've had many of those moments. (laughs) That's how you kind of learn, though. I mean, that's how you learn when you realized you did have that little instinct or knowing about something and you didn't follow it. And you're kind of like, oh, maybe that was my intuition and and I didn't listen to it. And I love what you're saying that everyone is intuitive because I completely agree with you. I am 110% on board with that. And I think that is even the first step for someone to develop a relationship with their inner guidance is to just acknowledge, hang on, maybe I do actually have an inner guidance system, um, you know, and, and even just saying, okay, I do, that's kind of, that begins the relationship, right? That begins the process of starting to actually figure out how this thing works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really empowering to, even if you haven't acted on your intuition before and you're kind of like sitting there going, I'm not intuitive. Just take a moment and have a think about moments where you did have that niggly feeling. I think where, um, you know, intuition can get confusing is that um, because there's all different forms of intuition, like you can be clairvoyant, which is clear seeing, um, claircognizant, which is clear thinking, so you get a thought, Um, um, kinesthetic, like there there are so many different, different ones and it gets all confusing and so I think many people believe that it's like, oh, I have to see something, like have this big like Moses parting the Red Sea (laughs) moment and then that's my sign when actually intuition is much subtler than that. It's based on vibration and vibrations are subtle. Um, And so um, a really empowering exercise, um, I believe, is actually just taking a moment and go, okay, well, when in the past did I have that niggly feeling? Um, and maybe thinking about how do how do I how do I get my intu- intuitive hits? Is it like when I meet someone and I'm like mm, I don't like them? Do I get a burn in my tummy, or um, or like you know is it, is it like on the side of my head, or is it just like this knowing and you have no idea why? Um, yeah. And yeah. so yeah, I, I really like like you say I, I love I love that you also believe that everyone's intuitive and it's just like anything you can't run a marathon if you haven't run around the block. And so it's just, um, yeah, your intuitive muscles are, are muscles and they need, they need working out too. 
And I think it's really cool, this conversation, because you need to start breaking down some of the stigma around this stuff. You know, we've come a long way in this conversation around modern day spirituality and spirituality, gosh, used to be seen or soul even as this completely airy fairy woo woo concept or just reserved for gypsies in caravans and whatever the, you know, stereotype was around it. Um, yeah. Same with intuition though. I think people still have this weird feeling like it's a witchy type um, thing and it, it's a bit strange, but I love what you're saying because it, it's so real and, and very often very tangible. Even as simple as someone calls you and you're like, I was just thinking of you or I knew you were going to call. Um, mm. Or, you know, something comes your way and you're kind of like, oh, I had a feeling that was going to happen. Um, mm. They're the little moments and I think people dismiss them and just like, oh, that was a nice little fluke. Um, but I think what you're saying is, is yeah understand how it communicates to you and you're right for some for me personally and I think for a lot of people it's quite a physical sensation mm. maybe you can't even pinpoint exactly where in your body it is but you just kind of have a sense about it I also kind of some sometimes see images almost like a photograph mm. being dropped in um mm. has, do you feel the practice of for yourself developing that relationship with your intuition and inner guidance where did that sort of start for you I mean I know I've heard from your journey you sort of were exposed to this for quite a while this kind of world but where did you kind of begin with with working on that relationship and bringing that out so you could live from it so I feel like where I um, a big turning point in my life so from a young age I was um, I had like a bit of an awakening and was very um, open spiritually without kind of like being from family like that so that all kind of happened and I knew that um I I, I loved everything I, I, I read everything I possibly could about past lives and all of that kind of stuff but where it actually turned and um turned into like a way of living was actually from it was a really embarrassing experience I haven't actually um I mean, my friends know this. I haven't told the general public this, but it was I was I just moved to London, and um, I was I think like a lot of us before we kind of really leap into this kind of world. I had read all the books, I'd bought the T-shirt, but I wasn't truly living it. Um, but I didn't know it at that stage, and so I knew about intuition, but I wasn't trusting as I received it. And where um, the 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 hurdle which I needed to jump over was truly understanding energy. So how, when you get your intuitive hits, how it actually relates to your body and um, setting your energetic space and all of that. And so I was at one of those Hay House mover and shaker, um, it's like, you know, write, speak and promote, one of one of those Hay House yeah. events. Yeah. And um, it was, you know, a couple, I think it was um, Cheryl Richardson and Reed Tracy running it. And then the special guest was Louise Hay. And um, <laughs> everyone was like, you know, beside themselves. And so I, and so also, she was like, you know, one of the first books I I read was um, her, you you can heal your life. And so for me, she was like very a big role model. And I was sitting in my seat, and I got a very clear, um, intuitive hit going, go up to her and ask her for a job. <laughs> and so I was like, oh god. And I I normally at that stage I was like, I would not let myself be seen in that kind of way I wouldn't be that kind of person but anyway it was kind of like uh, you know beyond me and so I, I went up there every she was surrounded by people and then I um I went up to her and I actually with my energy I almost bowled, bowled her over 
because I didn't know how to control my energetic space. I didn't know yeah. how to differentiate um, what the guidance I was getting, so the energy I was picking up from other people, so their their stuff, and I didn't know how to how to receive guidance from within. So I, I was I was good at picking up stuff outside of myself, but I wasn't going in for my energy. And so actually, she kind of said something to me like, "Girl, you got to mind your energy." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's the worst thing that could anyone could possibly do, especially Louise Hey, Oh my god!" So I went and sat back, didn't tell my friend, and then confessed at lunch. And actually, that really spurred on. Um, a deeper journey for me, which was all about the connection between intuition and and um, setting our energetic field. Yeah. Oh, and so, wow. Yeah. And so one of my um, teachers that really, really helped me is um, my mentor, Sonia Choquette. And so the work that she does, which is so fantastic, is, is um, she often says, how movable are you? Because you can receive your intuitive hits. But if you if your body can't then you know turn that into action, then it's it's pointless. It's just like receiving this stuff and then the the um, things will happen and you'll just be kicking yourself the whole time. And so it wasn't until I really incorporated the physical body with um, the intuition of the heart and the spirit that it all came together for me. Wow! So is that kind of a combination of um, feeling and receiving guidance? And then learning what to do with the guidance, how to let it move through you. Is that the distinction? I, I'd love to yeah. explain that more. And, and as well, because I'm sure I know our head interferes with our ability yeah. to act on it. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering, is that the distinction? Because people might be at the space where they're, they can sort of get the nudge, but then they don't quite know what to do with it. Is that sort exactly. of what you learn to integrate? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by, um, and talk about like getting rid of the stigma, one of the most smart, smartest guys in the universe, um, Albert Einstein, he, his quote is, um, is it, it's the, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift, the rational mind is its faithful servant. Yeah. And so he, his work is all around about actually trust, trust those, those hits that come to you because actually they're short circuits to... Um, Instead of you having to run around the block, you can leap over the block. Um, and and I think that, that that's where it was a big turning point in, in my personal journey of how do you get your mind? Because I've got a very strong mind and I think ambition is great and I think, um, you know, being disciplined is great. But how do you get the, the left side of your brain to actually serve the right side of your brain? Mm. I often, yeah, when I talk about um, head energy and heart energy in my work, I talk about the, the head, the mind, becoming the servant of the heart, which mm. as well as we're looking at this from the broader perspective, it's kind of like, well, your body is the vehicle that's enabling your soul to move through this lifetime. So it's kind of like, well, it's the servant of your soul, right? <laughs> um, and that energy that's moving through you is, your inner guidance is your connection with your soul's energy. Your, that you know that is the divine energy within you, um, and and to let that energy move your body and your mind rather than it dominating and squashing it. So, can mm. you elaborate on what the, what was this process for you of um, working with your energy and your body to be able to follow through? Um. So I think. For me, it's just been more about practical tools. 
And yeah. um, so, and being disciplined with those practical tools, right? So it's like showing up every day, just taking 10 minutes to actually um, set your energetic space. So um, some of the things I teach is like there's a thing called the cube of space where you set your energetic field. So if you're standing up, I could probably lead it now if you want. It takes like 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. So if you're standing up, I'm standing up now, you can't see me, but you stand up um, and if you, just so you've got enough space to kind of put your arms out um, like in front of you and either side. And so put your hands in front of you from your chest, so literally in front of you as if you're pushing someone um, away and you're saying, I can see you better over there. Can you say it again? Yeah. I can see you better over there. And then pushing to the, the side of your body. I will not get caught between a rock and a hard place. And you go to the front again. I can see you better over there. Then you push down um, to the ground. I hold down the rising tide. And then up to the ceiling. I take the weight of the world off my shoulder. And then in front of you. I can see you better over there. And then like you're kind of pushing something off your back, you say, get off my freaking back. <laughs> and wow. So what this does, so that's a little thing. It takes 10 minutes every day. Um, and what that does is, is set your energetic space. So so you're you're a clear vehicle for you to, so you're not picking up everything outside of you. You're not picking up the stress of other people, particularly for people who are naturally, naturally intuitive and the, um, the um, kinesthetic type people who basically feel everything that other people feel. It really sets your field so you're not absorbing other people's stuff. So if you're if you're that kind of person, you're the kind of person who, if someone walks in the room and they're really sad, you your energy will probably shift and you will feel that heaviness mm-hmm. or you'll feel something's just not quite right. By setting your energetic space, you... You, you can still sense it, but you know it's them and not you. That is so important because I feel like um, a lot of people are becoming more energetically sensitive and mm. particularly women that I work with, people who are in, you know, are coaches and teachers and all this stuff. And I'm, I see a lot of people shut down. Maybe this was your experience as well. Shut down a bit and put protection up and withdraw because they don't know how to manage the energies they're sensing of other people. And I guess in turn, you're then shutting down on your own energy that's trying to communicate to you as well because, um, you know, as you've been saying, this ability to feel and sense your inner guidance really requires a openness and a receptivity and to kind of clear out anything that's getting in the way of that channel of communication. And, you know, anytime you're feeling fear or feeling vulnerable or feeling scared, you're going to shut that down. And, and um, yeah, so that's really powerful. How beautiful. And that's something you do every day. Yeah, so I'll do that. Um, what else do I do? So, yeah, so this, uh, I've done this particular, I, I changed my spiritual practice, um, you know, as, as I feel it. But this particular practice I've done for probably um, a year and a half now. So I'll, I'll do that. Uh, that started actually before, when I used to be in advertising a few years ago, before I did big presentations. So anyone who um, is, like, you know, presenting at work or even if you're going to, like, meet someone 
like for coffee or whatever, who you kind of like feel like you lose your power to or you kind of like go into their energy or they go into yours. I started doing that in the bathroom before big presentations. And so, and um, I was, my background was um, a creative director. And so with creative ideas, it's very subjective, right? Which is also kind of like intuition. There is no like black and white. It's people's opinion. And so when I was presenting, I'd, I'd always kind of be like, I could feel whether they liked it or they didn't. And I was so in their energy that um, I wasn't able to shine my light and literally be completely myself and give the idea its best, um, its, its best chance. So I'd go to the bathroom just before my presentation. And every time I did it, I sold that idea so well. <laughs> um, That's so, amazing. Yeah. So that's how that practice started. Um, the other um, daily practice I do is um, I live um, at the moment. I'm living in Marlebone, which is in London, which is just near Regent's Park. And so I know, like you, I can tell that um, beauty makes your spirit happy because your sight is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I, I um, being from the Sydney Northern Beaches, I miss the ocean so much, and so um, I need to get into nature every single day so I'll walk up to the park and then you know um say hello to my friends the flowers <laughs> and Beautiful. um and I'll, I'll do um what what I call is um a sourcing meditation um which takes about seven minutes and what that does is it, it puts you into receiving mode so you open up you rub your hands together which opens your heart chakra because there are extensions of your heart chakra put your hands into kind of like receiving mode so like a savasana and then I just listened to a track called um, The Devi Puja, which is um, written by Krishna Das, and it's um, calling in complete receiving and compassion. And so I just imagine myself, um, because I'm I'm by nature more of a, a giver and a, my energy is more forward, so I need to bring my energy back to center. Yep. And so this yep. takes me into receiving mode. And so I just um, imagine myself being filled up by anything that I need. So it's like t- taking taking a, a drink at the well um, of my spirit or my um, my higher self. Um, and so, you know, it's like that, that, that classic um, quote, I don't know who said it, where they said to pray, um, to ask, pray, to listen, meditate. And so for me, that's a moment to completely fill up my energetic space, fill up my heart, fill up my soul, fill up my spirit, and to receive anything um, that I need to receive. Yeah. That is so beautiful. And I love that it it's not even a huge practice, you know, it's not something you have to spend half an hour an hour doing every day. It's like that little reattunement in inwards. And and that's that's the real theme of it is um, you know, this this inner guidance conversation is learning how to draw our attention back inwards to feel what we want to feel, to become the source of that for ourselves, to realize it could only be seven minutes of just in that receiving mode, being able to top up all of those feelings that you might spend your entire day looking to other people to give you. But if you can realize you have the ability to create it and experience it and tune into it and at the same time, receive support and guiding words and and feelings about maybe action steps you should take or i mean and i and i love we're talking about energy as well because i i teach this quite a bit that i think people forget 
I mean, I often say, uh, uh, be curious to see if you agree, but I say it's your energy that creates your world, not your action. And I think that people think that it's like, I would go out and do all this stuff and make all this stuff happen. But it's like, yeah, but what energy are you bringing to all of that? So you're kind of, you know, teaching this energetic tune-up before you kind of go out to the world to do anything, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And one thing I'm writing about at the moment, I'm writing a chapter which is all about um, vibration being the best marketing tool you could possibly have. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, for, for me, I, I'm definitely um, uh, a recovering, um, like, perpetual doer. I used to kind of, like, think I needed to put in, like, I wore that hard worker as a badge, like, um, you know, look at me, I worked long hours, look at me, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm working hard, I'm putting in all this effort. And and that was actually a real hard thing to give up because, you know, we define <laughs> ourselves by these hats that we wear. And that was definitely my hardest one. And it comes back every so often. It's, it's not like it's not there. But um, the big discovery I made, and it was definitely through that effortless practice of sourcing so literally filling up and you're filling up with yourself you're not filling up from someone else you're you're realizing that you have everything you could possibly need inside yourself you just need to um allow yourself to receive it and so for me um the the um difference came when i was kind of like okay so you know this whole thing about life purpose and you know life calling and all of this there's this thing that i need to do and i want to be a best-selling author or I want to be this I want to be this and it's like I think for so many of us we're kind of like looking at this thing or this person that we want to be and all these things we need to do in order to get it but actually say you your heart yearns to be a writer you are already a writer then so it's not about doing things to become that it's about being all that you already are yeah. yeah, that that's okay. almost um, linking on to a bit of a manifestation conversation as well because this is even something I'm just teaching in. Um, I have this online program, the 90-Day Transformation Project, and I'm just actually teaching this exact concept at the moment about manifesting from such a softer space um, and from a receptive space of when you, exactly what you're saying, if you can feel that and that comes to you that desire that yearning to teach to speak to create to write whatever it is and you can like it resonates within you and the minute you can really feel it energetically it's done you're already it but but you're right then your mind creates this map and strategy and action steps and oh you've got to do x y and z and then you'll finally get there but yeah the energy perspective is so different and would you kind of agree once you then say, okay, I am this and I'm going to embody this, then you almost just start to draw towards you things from the external world that support you to go and do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it's, beautiful. It's, it's, it's a tricky one to get though. <laughs> it is. Um, and it's so... And I love that you raised, you know, being such a doer because... It's, this is a very unnatural way of doing things because we equate 
well, I don't know if you did, but I equated, I equate doing with, it's like I find my self-worth and self-value through being yep. busy and doing a lot. How yep. did you yep. kind of shift out of that then? Because, you know, that's huge for a lot of people. Yeah. So for me, it was semantics, right? So um, I... Um, I was focused on, so hard worker. I knew I'd done a lot of work and I knew I wanted to let it go, but still I was holding on to it. I'm like, why am I holding on to it? I was thinking, well, you know what? Like, I think ambition is a good thing. And deep down, I think, um, you know, I'm a hard worker. I show up. I show up to my daily spiritual practice. I show up to this. I show up to that. And then um, one of my teachers said, okay, well, what if you took the word hard out and changed it with disciplined? I was like, oh, I could do that. So Mm -hmm. I can be a disciplined worker and, um, and then that takes the effort out of it. So it's like I show up to the things that feed me. I show up to the things that I love doing. I show up every day. And so the ambition doesn't have to go away, but the effort that like the running around and the overthinking and all of that doesn't actually have a place anymore. And I think one thing which also really helps with that when it comes to, because I think when, when you're kind of like looking at manifestation as well, which you, you obviously are teaching about too, um, when it's a matter of being disciplined and for highly ambitious people who who are, are strongly determined to also be lights in the world and to 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 help other people to shine bright too, then um, you know you might be like, okay, well I want to reach all these people, right? So I want to reach all these people, um, and so then it becomes about the numbers, or it becomes about getting the book published, or it becomes about you know outside approval, and yeah. so. Actually, when you go, don't be attached to the outcome. Okay, cool. So the outcome then can't be I sell my books to millions of people. The outcome is I want to be, um, I shine my light brightly to as many people who want to receive it. And so then your only business is shining your light or writing your books or, or painting your pictures or rearranging flowers beautifully. And then... I think what happens with that, I think it's such a challenge to do, but once you just forget about everything that is actually none of your business and truly embody what your gift is and the things that naturally fill up your heart and your soul, then I think the outcome actually comes to you anyway. <laughs> totally. This is this is so prevalent in you know all of us who are just feeling the call to be teachers and to guide others and to share a message and and again it's you know people are expressing this energy through creativity and a whole heap of different things as well through business whatever it is um, but it can yeah we can lose the um, the why behind what we're doing and the why can become exactly what you're saying on the outcome on getting something to validate our ego, validate our identity. And I love what you said because it's such a simple shift to Mm -hmm. say, I'm going to make this be about the person I'm being, about the call I've got to be my best self and shine my light and let this creative energy flow through me. I was talking to this about a client yesterday. Uh, She was chatting about she's training to become a life coach and she was saying how... She only feels she's done well in a session if her client is really happy and validates her at the end and shows up two weeks later and is kicking goals, you know? Yeah. And and I was sharing with her, you know, 
what actually happens this this might sound a bit bizarre considering you're being paid to support someone but what actually happens with that person is kind of irrelevant i said to her you show up you give that session 110 percent. you let this intuitive energy flow through you you speak to her with everything that you've got and then you step away and you let it go and you trust that whatever you have shared will land because you've shown up in this incredible energy with her but whatever happens outside that 60 minutes is not your responsibility and you need to use your measure of your success based on am I happy with how I showed up in that, with the with the energy I embodied, with what I let come through me. Um, that's your only measure of success. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's so true, particularly like with people who are in the kind of healing world or the coaching world or, you know, all of that where it's just like just having this like deep yearn to help other people. But I think we also need to find a way, um, I'm sure you'll relate to this, where it's kind of like people come to you, they, they, they flock to you and you need to trust that they've come to you something that you already have to give. And so that whole overachieving thing, which it's like, it's, it's impossible not to have at the beginning, but actually when you take the effort out of like, kind of like performing and actually sink into the space of like, literally holding the space for that other person and truly just just seeing who they really are, then actually I think the healing wonders that can happen from that moment are just amazing. So true. I love that you dropped that little distinction in because, again, the mind could take what I said and be like, well, I've got to make sure I'm giving her everything and, you know, be really rah-rah about it. But it's, it's trusting it's because, trusting. you know, I know we're talking about being a coach but for me personally there are some sessions where I barely say anything and then there are sessions where there's a very strong energy moving through so it's again your inner guidance sometimes your inner guidance is really strong and powerful as you were saying with Louise hey and other times it's just like just sit here and be and know that everything's going to unfold how it's meant to (laughs) yeah that's that's so true I'm, I'm part of a mastermind with um um, some people I met when I was studying in Chicago and they're from all walks of life. Some are, you know, coaching, some are married with kids, some are single, some are, you know, all different ages. And there is this amazing woman who, um, she used to write, like she's written lots of books and she used to be a very active coach or whatever. And now she's a little bit older and she's just literally loving life. And her whole thing is we'll meet and we'll come there packed with our bags full of ambitions and I'm trying to do this and blah, blah, blah. And she'll just be there going, yeah, so I've just been uh, enjoying life and I'm just like looking at the bugs and doing yoga. And she's like, yeah, I'm just not being called to do anything right now. And her whole phrase is chill until. And so yeah. she's not yeah. filling her space with just kind of like, I need to do this, I need to do this. The space that she's in right now, and who knows how long it'll last, maybe it's six months, maybe it's 10 years. But she's literally in a, a, a space where she's filling herself up and just loving life. And so I think for highly ambitious people, it, it's kind of tricky to, um, like I, I read something the other day of someone saying, like when you don't have the creative inspiration, that's an amazing time to go on holiday. And I think <laughs> if you're highly ambitious, we feel like we have to be always creating um, and always putting stuff out there and always, you know, doing our best and all of that. Where actually, um, it's about creating like a, a, a lifetime of work or a lifetime of 
of, of blessings that we can share with the world. And and when you're looking at a lifetime, a lifetime has seasons. And so, you know, there is a time for harvesting, there is a time for, um, you know, the, the fruit to flower and then the, the flowers to flower and all of that. So, um, yeah. I'm not sure how we got onto that, but <laughs> no, I love I love what you're saying because I think when you start to live from your inner guidance, this is going to happen. Um, yeah. There are going to be times where it's going to say, "Nah, no creation right now," and your yeah. mind is going to resist that something chronic, particularly as you said, if you're this ambitious person, or for example, you know, you're running a business and you're like, "Well, they've got to make money." For me, for example, I know April has been a big months astrologically but the first three months of the year there was just this creative impulse and I was like go 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 and it was just all behind me I was like I'm going to ride this wave and yeah. and I came to April and it was like the plug got pulled out and I've just been sitting here being like what am I doing I don't feel to write I don't feel to create I don't know what I'm going to do how am I going to make money and my head's jabbering away but the mm. energy isn't there and when you choose to let that feeling guide you, you just have to surrender to it. Say, I don't understand this, don't know why this is happening, but my commitment to my inner guidance means that, okay, I'm going to listen, I'm going to chill until. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but I think that's where a lot of resistance comes up for people to for actually following because it will cause you to, it will ask you to do things that maybe are a bit unconventional or that other people are kind of like, what are you actually doing with yourself at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. The thing, I love talking about intuition in this way where it's like um, you know it's intuition if it doesn't make sense. So if your mind sort of thought it up, it's not your intuition, it's your mind. I, I love that you say that because I often say that to myself as well. <laughs> something, yeah, when something comes to me and I'm like, this makes no sense, I'm like, that must be right. When it's, a, yeah, that's, I, I didn't even realize that I do that as well. It's so true. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> um, I just had this feeling, and look, this is me following my intuition as well. It was yeah. really interesting. Before I came on to the chat with you, mm -hmm. something said to me, talk about light with you. Because yeah, yeah. I know um, it's weaved through your website. It's weaved through your bio. And I just... I don't even necessarily know why. Again, this is like, hey, let's just follow what we feel. Um, but something kind of just, I've been working a lot with the energy of light lately and it really connects me with my inner guidance, with my soul, with that energy space. Um, and I just wanted to get your perspective on on light and, and, and working with light and embodying light, what that kind of means to you, your experience of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I love the topic of light. Light is is in the at the heart of everything that I do. Um, I think light is the language of the of the heart. It's the language of the spirit, and I believe that we're um, we're enter we're kind of leaving the dark ages behind us historically, and we're actually we're moving into the age of Aquarius, which is actually I like to call the age of light. And kind of like with the um, Einstein quote, which I, I, I mentioned earlier, he, he goes on to say that we've built a society that honours the servant, which is the mind, and has forgotten the gift, which is the intuitive intuitive heart and the intuitive mind. And I feel like the divine feminine is coming through very, very strongly. And 
And um, I believe that our purpose actually is to be bright lights in the world. And so um, our only business is actually to follow the things that light us up. And so by filling ourselves up and lighting ourselves up, we can then be bright lights for other people. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of that quote, um, do what makes you come alive because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. Have I said that right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something like that. But it's, again, the same thing. It's like do what lights you up because that's what the world needs is more light. And And I think just going back to the conversation of being teachers and all that type of stuff, um, I'm really conscious of, and I try to teach my clients, be really conscious of the energy you bring when you're teaching and to be to be bringing light, you know, rather than coming from the ego and the fear and I need to get this and I've got to be more successful than her. It's like just bring light to this, lighten someone else's life, spread light through Facebook, spread light through Instagram, spread light through your words when you're writing, you know. I think that, and as you said, um, you were writing about vibration being so important. Yeah. You know, I think it's that that light energy that's more important than um, than what you're actually doing, right? Embodying Absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's like if you see speakers on stage or or, or um, singers on stage, anyone, you can see the light that's behind their eyes. You can see if they're bringing their light or um, or trying to hide it. There is that song I was listening to, listening to this morning. You know, I think it's called "This Little Light of Mine." Do you know that song? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I downloaded a few because I'm like, oh, that would that be cool. I, I'm starting a new um, uh, interview series called "Ladies of the Light," so it's basically devoted towards. Um, hearing the stories of, of, of women who are devoting their lives to the light. So, like, you would be one of them. Um, and so it's the light workers, it's the emerging women, it's the B-schoolers, it's people who, since they were little, like, their earliest memory, they've had this niggling feeling and knowing that they're here to change things. They're here, they're part of the transition team, bringing us into this age of light or age of Aquarius or whatever we want to we want to label it but and their sole purpose is to literally be beacons of light for other people um so literally be be that lighthouse and um and I think one of the the truly um amazing gifts that we can give someone is to because everyone has that within them and I think a, a true gift that we can give people is to actually see that light that is within them because I think we all are, are quite scared of being truly seen but actually we all have a deep 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 yearn to be acknowledged and seen as well and I think it's that light within us is yearning to come out absolutely, absolutely. and there it's I like that you mentioned um how some of us will hide and dim that light I think it's really common it's something I've personally struggled with is feeling the light within me but then kind of being like oh no that's too big and kind of dimming that down and I think you're exactly right that anyone that has the stirring at the moment um, it is about being that beacon of light for a, a, a collective community of people who are starting to transform and shift and get their little wake-up calls to have that light that they can look to to help awaken it in in them as well absolutely and I think with um, the other thing about light relating to exactly what you've just said is the um, is that it's actually in this new era that we're kind of 
rapidly moving into, a lot of our outer worlds have actually crumbled. So many people might have found that, you know, um, their loved ones have suddenly parted or, you know, um, they've lost their jobs or um, relationships have just ended. And so all these kind of like outer worlds have been crumbling, it's like the tower card in the tarot deck. And so we're being forced to actually look inside ourselves and, and to actually come home to ourselves and to to acknowledge that inner light that is within us and and increasingly so as as society is changing and consciousness is changing it feels to me like anything inauthentic just cannot survive and so mm-hmm. we're being beckoned rapidly to stop hiding that light cuz i think our light is our authentic spirit it's who we are, like at the deepest, deepest level, and that's the bit that wants to wants to leave, like like Einstein was saying. Um, and yeah, that's the bit that's trying to come out. And so, the more that we cover up or try and um, follow someone else's footsteps or their path or their proven model, it's not actually going to work for us. And so, the more we're um, hung up on doing the things that we think that we need to do in order to do it. It just doesn't work. Nothing works out and the job doesn't fit and the um, relationship doesn't fit and, you know, the friendships no longer fit. And so it's our, our when, when we do feel like our outer world is kind of crumbling around us, and I know this is certainly the case for me, the, it's like it's life's way of um, shaking things up so you can kind of like come back home to yourself and to turn up that inner, inner flame, that inner light. And sometimes... You need to be surrounded by a whole lot of darkness to actually remember how strong your inner light is. That's spot on. I went through that probably um, probably six months ago was the real peak of it for me when I was going through that. It was a, everything in my external world was just like, oh, it was epic what happened. But this again, it leads exactly back to inner guidance because it was in those moments where I could no longer rely on anything outside of me. I realized that the relationship I was looking to, to be the source of love for me, which was no longer there. I was like, how do I even love myself? I didn't realize I wasn't even loving myself. But, but as soon as that went away, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like there's this massive void within me. I must've still been looking to him for that. So All this stuff, you know, you realize you've you've created an identity and your self-worth through your career and then your job falls away. And so that's, again, you go inwards and you find that every time you're looking outside of you, sorry, it's going to get taken away now and it's time for you to find that power and that light within you. It's spot on what you're saying. Yeah, gosh. And and so you were, you were blogging that whole time, were you? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I did. But it was um, it's very challenging to articulate when you're in the thick of it because you don't even know what's going on. So true. Yeah, and you can't you can't see the the fact that they're listening yet. <laughs> that takes some time. Exactly. But it's so. Um, I think I like to share it a lot with people. Some of the stuff I went through because it's really comforting. Your mind can sort of tell you, "Oh my God, everything is going wrong." I'm a failure. No one's buying my stuff. I'm not making any money. What used to work isn't working anymore. Holy crap. Like, what's going on? Who am I? 
<laughs> what in <Yeah>. life? <laughs> but, but then from the rubble of all of that comes this, you know, like I feel the person I've become over the past six months is like, boom, you know, so different. So it's worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. And your beautiful website, which is so full oh. of luck, is such a testament oh. to that. I love that. Thank you've you. got you've got visual proof of your transformation. <laughs> well, I love your website. I was on there just before, um, you know, just sort of drawing some ideas for our conversation. And I was the same as you. I was like, there's so much light on here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> oh, well, Rebecca, thank you so, so much for your time. It's been incredible chatting to you. I've loved this conversation. And you... um. I know because of the way that you live this stuff, you've been able to bring such a beautiful personal perspective on, you know, lots of people talk about inner guidance, but I've just loved hearing your approach to it and the way that you live it and apply it is really, really special. So thank you so much for your time today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Now, before um, we wrap up, is there anything, I know we sort of mentioned your book, but is there anything you want to share with the audience, with with everyone listening about what's coming up for you, what you're working on, what we can expect from you? Yeah, for sure. So um, you feel free to go to my website, which is www.rebeccacampbell.me. There's a whole lot of goodies there. Um, in the um, middle of the um, top panel, I've got an instant guidance app. And so um, if you've got a question you want to ask the universe um, to confirm your inner guidance, you can uh, click on that and it'll come up with a like a personalized little um, love letter from the universe for you. Um, and yeah, I've got a um, new book coming out later the year called Light is the New Black, which is um, all the light stuff that we were talking about before. Um, and um, what else? Yeah, I'm also, um, feel free to go onto my site, um, thespiritedproject.com. Um, I run spirited sessions in London every month, and um, yeah, we actually did a did a um, a big event in Sydney, um, my hometown, um, beginning of the year. So we'll be coming back to Australia, I think, at the end of the year. So yeah, sign up there, and um, yeah, I just love to stay in touch with you. And thank you so much, Connie. I just love the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I love the title of your book, and I'm like, I have to have that book. That is the coolest <laughs> title ever. Oh my god, I dig it. I can't wait for that to come out and um I look forward to hopefully getting to meet you when you come back to Australia. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Well thank you so much for your time, hon. You have a beautiful day and uh thank you to everyone who's been listening to us live uh this evening in Australia. And um I will talk to you again next week. Thank you, Rebecca. Goodbye. Thanks, Connie. Thanks guys. Bye. 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 